Members of Congress are back in Washington, D.C. this week after their summer break, and there are plenty of pressing issues to address, but not much hope for action on issues such as gun violence, health care, climate change, and more. Joining us now to talk about what we might expect this fall out of Washington is Congressman Andy Levin, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 9th District. Congressman, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks. So in a recent tweet, you accused President Trump of running manufacturing into a ditch with his all-emotion zero-strategy trade wars. Uh, Of course, that is bread-and-butter issue here uh, in Michigan. What actual effects are you seeing in your district as the result of the president's trade policies? Well, we're seeing... The beginnings, I'm, I'm very sorry to say, of a manufacturing recession, really, in at least in our area. Um, when you make durable goods, you have to have a long timeline. You have to have a strategy, plan out years, uh, whether you're making final products or you're supplying to OEMs. And the chaos of the president's trade policy is really paralyzing manufacturing, and that plus the reduction in trade between the U.S. and China and the tariffs that the president is sort of shooting off scattershot around the world, uh, it's all really chilling the manufacturing economy, and we're we're starting to see the effects, and it's not great for our area. In a lot of ways. Michigan is kind of the canary in the coal mine, I think, about uh, when when it comes to economic issues. We get it worse uh, earlier than other parts of the country, and then I think stay in a little longer. Do you believe that uh, these are signs of a coming national slowdown? I don't know, Stephen. I'm not an economist, but I do worry about it. Uh, the, The effect of policy on the economy is hard to um, pin down, and it's, it, it takes some time. But we have been in the longest expansion ever, and there are many signs uh, that we're, you know, a contraction may be coming. Uh, as you say, manufacturing and Michigan's role in that is often an early indicator of national problems. Really, what we can do as members of Congress, or what Donald Trump could do as president, is try to do everything in our power to help the economy thrive. And my worry is that he's doing just the opposite uh, with all these uh, tariffs on our friends as well as our enemies. I mean, you look at China. Wow. We, many of us have been so critical of the role China has played, but the way you could be effective about it is to gather up all of our allies in Europe, in Asia, you know, Japan, Korea, get Australia, get all of our allies and come together and agree on a strategy to say, you know what, China, you can't steal intellectual property. You can't demand technology transfers in order to, you know, kind of a ultimate pay to play in your economy. You can't manipulate your currency. And if the whole world is in agreement on this and goes to China, it would put a lot of pressure on them. Hmm. Instead, we have the president's sort of TV show idea of governing where tune in today to see what outrageous thing will boost ratings. And it doesn't really add up to a coherent China policy, I'm afraid to say. Hmm. 
where are you with the USMCA? The, you have some Democratic colleagues, including here in Michigan, Haley Stevens, uh, who say that we need to bring that to a vote, this new NAFTA trade agreement, and they want to do it before the end of the year. Do you agree that we should uh, do that? Uh, I don't think we should bring the, uh, a new NAFTA agreement to a vote until we have one that is good. <laughs> so I'm all for uh, getting to yes. I'm all for a new agreement. But as it stands now, the president's proposal would be really very harmful, not just sort of okay or a little bit of a problem. It would be a disaster for our country on multiple levels. Um, we have had 25 years of NAFTA, and the fundamental effect has been to massively increase the manufacturing of sector in, in Mexico in auto assembly, auto parts, aerospace, industrial bakeries, electronics, not just what we make here, but other what people make in other places. People there are making $1 to $2 an hour, no kidding. Their standard of living has not gone up since NAFTA. Their wages have not gone up. And we've lost a ton of good jobs here. Mm -hmm. The new proposal would not really do anything to change that. Plus, it's way too weak in its environmental enforcement at this time when global warming is becoming finally such a national a, a global a crisis on the global radar screen. And also, the new NAFTA proposal from the president in a, in an unprecedented way would lock in protections for biologic drugs in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, putting a huge wet kiss for Big Pharma in a trade agreement and when, when we're trying to reduce the cost of prescription drugs. So it goes in the wrong way in a lot of ways, and I'm not going to be for it unless and until we can really make it work. My central problem with it, though, among all those parade of, of problems, is it's got to finally change the basic system of the Mexican economy where they have phony unions and protection agreements that keep uh, Mexican workers from raising their standard of living because we're not going to raise our standard of living if we have a race to the bottom with Mexico. There's no way we can do that. Talk about the things that you think are possible, though, to change in this USMCA given the makeup of government in Washington. I mean, uh, the, the president is pretty proud of the proposal that is out there. Do you see an opportunity to make changes to it? I do because of just the, the basic laws of politics. I mean, they have to have a vote in the House that passes it. And they could have a strategy of trying to sort of peel off a minority of Democrats. Uh, I think Speaker Pelosi is pretty a pretty uh, excellent manager of the flow of business in the House, so I don't think that would work. So then they need our agreement. And we are in really serious talks with, with the U.S. Trade Representative about what to do. And there's a lot of precedent for this, Stephen. I mean, three of the last four major trade agreements we passed, like the Korea Trade Agreement and others, had just this happen. Everyone said, oh, no, we couldn't possibly reopen it. You can have something in a side agreement. But, in fact, they reopened the text, the actual document, made the changes that Congress needed to be able to support it, and then they were voted through uh, in a bipartisan way. So uh, I, I really think it's, it, there's a lot of historical precedent for it, and we can do it. Uh, I, I don't think the president 
could pass a test about the details of the USMCA, to be honest. <laughs> but Mr. Lighthizer is somebody that we in the House can work with. We really can. So if, you know, I think he's trying his best, and we'll see if we can get to, to something that's workable. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Congressman Andy Levin, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 9th District in Washington. Uh, we're talking about members of Congress getting back to work this week after their summer break uh, with plenty of issues on their plate. Uh, I want to pivot a little, Andy, and talk about gun control. Uh, you want the Senate to move ASAP on gun control legislation um, again, given the makeup in Washington, given the political divide, is that something that we are likely to see happen? Senator McConnell says he is at least somewhat open to debate on the floor about this. Uh, is that a break in the in the impasse? Well, I, I all I don't really sort of believe in optimism or pessimism. I just believe in doing the work and moving forward. And so, but then, you know, if I'm really honest. I'm totally an optimist, so, <laughs> so, so my uh, personality overcomes my strategy. I don't know. But I, here's what I think. I, how many of these horrible incidents will it take? I mean, people are dying. And then the real absurdity is these mass shootings are 1% of people who die by guns. You know, two-thirds are, are suicides. And then the vast majority of the rest are people often in our cities who are killed and nobody pays any attention Mm -hmm. to them, you know, in in gang violence or just uh, stray bullets in in disputes, kids and innocent bystanders being killed. So it is a huge public health crisis for our country. And I'm not going to stop working on it until we pass things. Here's why I'm somewhat hopeful. Not only are we pressing the Senate to act, but we are going to take further actions. We've already passed universal background checks. We've already passed a law to close the Charleston loophole to make sure the the federal authorities have time to have all background checks be effective. Now we're going to pass a red flag law. We're going to take up bans on military-style weapons that don't have any business in hunting or protecting a house and huge capacity magazines. We're going to keep moving in the House. And, you know, here's the bottom line, Stephen. What are there, 23 Republican senators up for Mm reelection? Mitch McConnell can sit there and be Moscow Mitch and do nothing and say, I'm the Grim Reaper. But at some point, I I believe he's going to be under pressure from his own Republican senators who say, "Uh, Mitch, I don't think I'm going to get reelected if we do nothing, if we just don't do our job. So I hope that that those things add up and the Senate begins to move on this a little bit. Lord knows the American people are demanding it. The vast majority of Republican voters want these things passed. Hmm. So, you know, I'm a little bit hopeful. Okay. Andy Levin, Democrat, who represents Michigan's 9th District in Congress. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. It's always a pleasure. Take care. We'll catch up with you soon. Good. Up next, we're going to talk about gun violence and what is being done or not being done to address the epidemic. Stay with us on Detroit Today.